You're listening to an episode of the Break the Cycle podcast on the SVTV network. It's not every day that you get to meet someone who you met at the beginning of your career and their career and you fell out of touch and then suddenly you're back online speaking to each other reconnecting of what happened what has happened over the past 8 years. <laughs> um but i was delighted to speak to a person who i met back in 2012 we were working at the same company uh i had just started my training journey and i don't know much about her personal life but i then i mean we stayed in touch through facebook or whatever um or rather i should say we just saw each other's updates and i saw this person l- transform right in front of my very eyes uh from battling with corporate culture and the effects of that to becoming a very well known fitness trainer personal trainer and is actually on shows now helping people transform their mindset and their bodies and the person i'm talking about is navjot kaur Navjot was kind enough to bring me on uh, her podcast which is an Instagram live uh, and we connected over a call and it it was like catching up with an, with a very old friend and it's been a beautiful time in this episode Navjot and I catch up on her <laughs> on our respective journeys and also look at how she has been navigating this thing we call the fitness industry or i should say the wellness industry and how she's been helping people wake up see what they're capable of which is something that this podcast was for <laughs> so to speak so i hope you enjoy the episode i will see you soon and it has begun hi rajat hi azar how are you <laughs> i'm good It's funny how we were speaking about just like 5 minutes ago how I've had to come up with this weird DIY setup about recording. Interesting. I like this. That's like yeah. fixing problems and getting on with it. That's actually I I think I've embodied the entire spirit of the Indian population which literally runs on jugaad. <laughs> like I think Absolutely. I think that we are national word jugaad i think that's the most creative way of living like not sulking and being sad about problems but finding our own ways and getting on with it i think that's interesting how we live you went it. you went like right into <laughs> no but that's how i actually feel i mean i've really thought about this before also like uh-huh. so where does this concept of jugaad come in from and I feel that it's really a very positive way of living life isn't it like if Absolutely. if it's all flooded get on your raft boats out and start boating <laughs> really yeah, i mean and if, and if you don't have a raft boat just make one yeah i out. mean get two planks and just start sailing <laughs> i i captain i like that yeah i like that too okay uh, i am going to kick this off the same way that we have i think you and i have known each other since fuck 2012 no, 12 wow <laughs> how long how long were we in that same organization hardly i did not like it that much so it was yeah. hardly 6 months for me less than 6 months for me i just didn't enjoy the culture at all i think you joined when i was leaving No, no. And we had like a we had like a middle period in between because I left in I was there for about five months. Yes, yeah, so I didn't see you leaving to be honest. So maybe you and I left together or somewhere. Yeah, probably around that time. But I yeah, I mean the day I entered, I knew that this is not meant for me. <laughs> so I'm gonna jump in right there. Um, I see a very interesting journey from you joining a PR firm to you now running your own sort of 
fitness oriented business in a way <laughs> well uh, before that before that also i've done a lot of stuff i think i've always been this person on a uh journey to find myself i think i'm still on one i haven't zeroed down on uh, what i want to do to be honest to be very mm-hmm. frank and it's a little scary and a little confusing to a lot of people but i think that's a way of life that's how i live right. and I, i now that i look back i have this how would i call it like a little bit of maturity so to say to uh-huh. really reflect back on without being too judge- judgmental or harsh upon myself i see that I've always been like that like since the start as far as I can remember myself I have been someone who's got very excited with new stuff coming my way never gave a second thought jumped right into it and I'm someone who wants a practical exposure to new ideas instead of just to evaluating right. them by the face of it mm-hmm. uh, so before you and I met I think uh, uh, my my experiment started with me jumping into mass communication that was the time when adiu never even offered a degree it was only ib university that started its first course as a degree uh, to for mass communication as a bachelor's right, part yeah. and um, there was a common interest test and i sat for it i sat for law uh, this and uh, bba Okay. because i was a commerce student and uh, i got good ranks in all three of them but just because it was something nobody had any background of or opinion of i thought i'll do this and uh, that's how it all began and it's always been like that i i tried uh, i tried i started with events then i went into uh, writing for a magazine mm-hmm. then i came back to events then i get, got into agency advertising agency and then we met uh with the pr thing that's a whoa yeah so every time uh we got these internships uh with yeah. uh, like you get these semester breaks i never used yeah. to sit idle i i was always prepared with the new uh area of interest and i wanted to try that and the college gave us exposure to radio because it had its own radio and uh, its own uh, magazine so mm-hmm. we used to do that as well because it was mass communication and cinema a lot of cinema was there we would used to record videos and make our own short films so yeah i mean i think all my uh, education after 12 had been very very practical and i'm really kind of happy about it because it mm-hmm. gave me a lot of uh, understanding of the kind of person i am and uh, not that bookish information was not important but i could actually mm-hmm. relate a lot of it to the practical life like my answers in my uh, answer sheets in the exams would also uh, be very practical from the exposure that i had <coughs> myself uh, mm-hmm. i remember once a teacher telling me that it was a very recent event that must have happened somewhere and it was a mass communication exam and i literally cited that uh, news from the news channel two days ago and uh, gave it in the answer and she literally pulled out my answer sheet and Uh, explained and showed it off to the class after she numbered the sheets that this is what we are talking about like so not that i'm trying to be in education but uh, i think that's the way i look at life and at that time i used to really get confused because a lot of your counterparts were doing stuff which i expected to see acs uh, science doctors mm-hmm. engineers and they would know what to talk about and you'll be the one who's like all jumping around with the cameras or the radios and the magazines and stuff like that so yeah but now that weird. i look at it i feel it's weird how much power we've given to uh, and, and rightly so i mean i have mad respect for doctors um i do feel that that field has a lot of a lot of things that they need to kind of update about themselves but overall i think um apart from just reviewing engineers and doctors i think our entire ecosystem has and lawyers has given you know this this very um sidey treatment to anything that's not a lawyer or or a doctor that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> i mean you you're at literally the moment you tell them what do you do the answer is the defining factor of your personality in the other person's eyes and i'm like wow yeah. that is right. something i mean my personality and my existence is defined by my choices of my educational background i'm like interested <laughs> in understanding that because uh, so to say i've seen the best of i mean 
the irony of it is that i know so many iit iims who literally dropped out or after taking their degree has started their own startup not in the fields of their degrees and education that explains it all that that they literally <laughs> they tell us i mean i have my best of friends telling me who literally till the age of 23 only studied their ass off with the best of institutes that this country can give and have not used those degrees in the same field of education that they graduated from and then yeah. we are being judged <laughs> for having that kind of experience because we thought we are the wanderlusts mm-hmm. so um what really took me by surprise and i will say this it took me by surprise because you're probably one of the few people i have seen to make a complete switch from um something that i was doing which is more mass com related i'm going to use a very gentle term to completely switch over into the fitness industry full time <laughs> which i was like whoa what's going on how did that happen you want to catch me up on that like yeah. how did that I, i think in the gap of the years that we were not really that actively connected a lot of things mm-hmm. happened uh, after uh, the pr stint that i did which was very short lived i uh, got myself placed with a fashion brand uh, that's okay. where the real journey began that's when i realized actually before that also i'd worked with uh, countries uh, ethnic brand like the first countries ethnic brand uh, was uh, it, it's a very well established brand and uh, i started with their uh, marketing team as an intern and very quickly escalated to the first position as a marketing executive and when i started working in that environment the nice part about that organization was that it uh, it had the marketing team very closely working with the creative team like the designers and the core team of the whole brand uh, ideology was designed in the same room so in my early years i got that understanding of what exactly are the traits that make me uh, drive myself so it was okay. i understood it was not just uh, mass media it had to do something which had some organizational uh, requirements of managing and using the media to expand that particular uh, creative idea so i understood that was the zone for me uh, but i wanted the agency side of exposure and that's when we met uh, when i left that i got myself enrolled with uh, another pg diploma course and after completing that i thought why not just take the agency perspective also because i've already worked with the brand for a year and i know how they function of course i i have a fair idea of what is required from that particular uh, field or work so uh, that's when i got into the agency side and i realized i think that uh, really fortified my understanding that i wasn't meant for uh, agency kind of uh, yeah. so i went back to the uh, field of work and i uh, i worked for good years with brands especially in uh, fashion retail and uh, same department branding and marketing and uh, as luck would have it wherever i went uh, further there was some major change happening with the brand like when i first started in when i was only an intern i was given a a uh, field research work where they were introducing pants for women in ethnic segment which was a complete new thing for india and i was the one who mm-hmm. did the basic ground research so that gave me a hands on understanding of the dynamics and the demographics and the mindset of the uh, buyers and pg of the brand and mm-hmm. that and when i went to the second brand uh, they were rebranding themselves so that gave me a very hands on experience of how a brand is rebranded or restructured and how how do they redefine their brand identity and then they launched another uh, low price point segment brand i was uh, start involved in it from the very beginning and so on and so forth so uh, everywhere where i went after that uh, i was exposed to certain circumstances which were not normal and which uh, which happened like once in a decade Uh, kind of a thing with the brand, but I was always in the whole whirlpool of it somehow. I don't know, but now mm-hmm. that I look back, I was always. I mean, you can't expect to a brand to rebrand themselves every year, right? And you can't expect a brand to launch a new low price point segment brand and do a complete research on it. You can't expect mm-hmm. an ethnic brand to venture into a more commercial 
conceptual kind of a line of work, but it's not a mess of new uh, product launch and stuff. So somehow I got that kind of uh, uh, thrill out of understanding these new things, which nobody had experience of because the particular dynamics of everything was changing in the team that I was working with. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that has been my corporate uh, experience. But uh, during all of this, I had really forgotten that I have a life of my own and I stopped taking care of myself completely. Not that I used to a lot, but uh, uh, there was a time when I stopped taking care of myself. I forgot that I have to have a personal life and space as well. And uh, it was all piling on to me emotionally as well. And I had not realized it for a very long time. I always uh, thought that all this... Uh, emotional uh, like way that I had myself was because of the kind of fear I was in and uh, it's not acknowledged enough but marketing as a profile especially with something like a retail can be fashion or any other uh, retail of product is very dynamic because uh, you got to plan for five days of the week and just when people are taking off because they're going to shop on their weekends that's when your work really begins so you can't really take any rest when people are celebrating that those are your high peak target days so uh, you can't really celebrate with your families because that's when all the sales are going to happen. So uh, anyone working in the retail would really second uh, my observation on this fact that uh, it's, a, it's a very challenging profile to be in. It's a very challenging industry to be in because, uh, and it really requires uh, furthermore guarding of your personal space and really putting your foot down for your own self. Otherwise it exhausts you. It has the potential of completely draining you out. And that's what happened with me. I'd lost understanding of this particular fact and uh, I'd really piled on a lot physically and mentally I don't even want to go into that because I'd really forgotten the importance of having your family, friends and personal uh, people around. And then I got on for a good five years, I think, minimum. So uh, one fine day, uh, I, I thought I'll, I'll just, maybe it's the industry I've exhausted they wanted to send me to Bangalore. I didn't want to leave the city because I was happy being, I thought that was my bouncing back that I at least can see my family because although I was staying alone, I, I would go and visit them or whatever. So uh, I thought no, probably is the industry in the city that I've, I've, I've known enough. So I'm not getting enough challenges. So I switched that. So I changed the industry and immediately realized it's not the work. It's, I don't know. So the moment I got, and, and the new offer that I had, had was actually better than I was expecting by the industry standards. It, it gave me a better profile. I had a national marketing profile. I was heading the whole country's uh, marketing team. It, it like paid well and stuff. But the moment I got it, I realized, I mean, you know, as it said that unless and until you do it, you don't realize if it's meant for you. I think that's yeah. exactly what happened with me. I, I, because it negated all my doubts that maybe it's the work, maybe it's the money, maybe it's the position, maybe it's, uh, this or that or the people. So the moment I got it all, I realized I'm still feeling the same and worse. And I think this is going to be my life because now I'm handing a national profile. How will I, like, this is only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. And I thought it yeah. will. And that's when I broke down. Within six months, uh, I, I, I just could not see myself. Like, I could not come to the terms of uh, looking at me doing the same work for the rest of my yeah. life and that's how you look at it after a point when you've reached a mid-level management you have to come to terms with the fact that this is going to be the drill for your life because now the quick escalations are going to stop now the changes in your routines are going to stop now you're going to wheel the same wheel and move along for a very substantial period of time to really get into the flow and live like that now you have to change your mm -hmm. focus from work to other aspects of your life which i did not have so when, when the reality struck, I, I, I think I panicked. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I, one time they walked into uh, my office and I wrote the email. I contemplated it for the whole day. I wrote the email for my resignation. It was two days before my probation was gonna end. So I had a six month probation. And uh, I, just two days before yeah. it's gonna, it was gonna, uh, I was gonna get confirmed for sure. They'd already told me that. I, I resigned. So I did not have the obligation of serving any notice. Uh, I mean, officially, but they were really disappointed, <laughs> of course. I but, mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever. But 
um, all of that. Uh, so I just, I wrote the email and I came back home for after mm -hmm. years, I came back to my parents, left literally everything, the place I was mm -hmm. staying in, everything, came back to my parents and I told them that I, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is it. So they said, like the parents that they are, they're extremely supportive. They never really uh, bothered, uh, or probably I think they never held me back, saying that you should do this or that. They've, they've just questioned a few things which they still do till date. Are you happy? Are you uh, interested in this? Is this giving you satisfaction? Do you know where you're mm -hmm. going with this? These are the common questions that I still asked and nothing else so that's what happened and i said uh, and this time the answers were no i don't, don't know what am i doing i just want some break and i think uh, they had a very very understanding uh, reaction to it because i think they they saw it coming they the people around you i feel the ones who really love you they know it before you before you realize it but they just let you find your own time to uh, accept the reality because you could i used to um, remember fighting with them, they used to tell me the same thing, that you're exhausting yourself, you're taking too much of your time to do work, you're not having a time for yourself, you're not taking care of yourself and stuff like that. And then I used to snap back. But then, mm -hmm. of course, I came back and told the same things to them. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. We knew. <laughs> yeah, they didn't say, I told you so. <laughs> so that, that, that I'm yeah. sure. No, no, no. But yeah, I mean, you know it. Uh, but mm -hmm. that's, that's the beauty of having your own people around you. I mean, that was my first lesson of understanding that uh, you got to have your own circle. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be very big, but you need to have, and it doesn't matter what relation you have with them, but there need to be some people that uh, no matter what happens, you can turn around and tell them that I fucked up or probably this is what it is and mm -hmm. I don't know what to do and you will be accepted without being judged. And uh, I think moments like these really help you understand and uh, pinpoint the people that are like that for you in life. Yeah. So yeah, I begin with, I mean, of course, for me, it has always been my family and uh, my cousins uh, and a mm -hmm. few set of friends. Uh, not, a, I mean, uh, I, that really clarified that there, there's, there, there was so much of crowd around me that not everybody's there when you really need them. And it's not about mm -hmm. taking something from someone. It's just about belonging with someone for some reason. Okay. Yeah. Any intention. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, that's where the change started. Uh, if you uh, look at it from a social perspective, I had two mark, ma master's degrees. I had good uh, seven and a half years of work ex, uh, was doing pretty well, at least in retail marketing uh, brands knew me. So if I had to apply, I would get good recommendations and I would uh, at least land up at the back of where I left. Uh, so mm -hmm. with that positive attitude, so to say, I, I thought I'll give myself conscious 60 days break and then see how it goes. Uh, for the, for after so long, I did not do anything. I mean, kid you not, Adhar, I've had uh, days uh, where I was working for five days, Monday to Friday. And I was doing a second master's on Saturdays and Sundays for straight two years. I'm not kidding. And the only breaks I used to get was in the hospitals because my body used to literally stop. Like it's literally used to crash and I would end up in hospitals. I remember taking IVs and uh, just ignoring all the alarms. And I did that for a straight two years with myself because I was so ambitious in proving myself to I don't know whom. I still can't really understand what I wanted because I was going on such supersonic speed in my, my endeavors of trying to accomplish something which had no definition that I used to just, whatever's coming my way, fill my plate with it, overload me with it, I'll do it. And I used to in attempt to proving myself to each and every task assigned, I used to really give my all and not find my balance. So for the first time in years, I had nothing to do. And mm -hmm. that has a very, very, very dark side to itself. Trust me, it's <laughs> not a pretty sight. When you're somebody who's ignoring your own thoughts for the longest time, then you get time and you don't have anything to distract you with. It's not a pretty sight. I had like literally, I used to sleep off most of it initially because I didn't want to be conscious and get into my thoughts 
but then that's that's how things started to change and that's where the mind really brings its presence onto you um, mm-hmm. i will call myself an intelligent person i will call myself somebody who's been very self aware uh, mm-hmm. but that does not mean that you're taking actions being self aware to correct yourself further or doing the right things i've always been aware of where i'm going wrong but uh, uh, that's where the whole game begins a lot of people know what they're doing but mm-hmm. we we so easily tend to go with the circumstances at hand for the ease of it because change is difficult and uh, that's what happened with me i the only drastic thing that i did was i did not think through the uh, resignation i just at the spur of the moment gave up and uh, came back and i think however i may look at it today i think that is the reason that i could break the wheel and uh, think of uh, what really matters to me otherwise i would have just gone with it from one job to another i would have blamed it on the organization or the job profile or whatever and would have jumped to something else or came back or whatever but uh, i would have still been in the rut of uh, exploring myself today i feel after almost two and a half years i feel uh, i know myself so much better i just know what what i'm looking for if not what exactly but i know the direction so much better i know myself uh, and my priorities are set right uh, mm-hmm. i at least understand that uh, what kind of a person am i i if i look into the mirror i know uh, i'm less judgmental i'm more open to experiences still but with a wiser understanding of if it's meant for me or not so it's easier to take decisions and it's i've become more patient because of this i was a very restless soul i've become more patient because i know that things take time and mm-hmm. uh, i think all these changes of uh, me changing myself physically actually began with the mental uh, improvement and the mindset that i got myself uh, imbibed with in the journey and yeah that's how things changed so long story short i um i landed up into my gym my brother took me like let's go for a ride and everything and then we passed across the gym he said why don't you just go start working out i'll probably get an hour for yourself and stuff mm-hmm. and he enrolled me and that's how things started <laughs> i went to the gym and uh, from one thing and another i lost weight and here i am you're running your own business yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> um how is that uh, how do you get to that mindset though so that's an important question because i think that's that's something a lot of people struggle with and what i've noticed is that a lot of a lot of the people that you work with have actually spoken to you about that as well it's not just about the physical transformation but it's also right up here like how the mind changes how did you do that for yourself so uh what brought me to the mindset of change uh was my realization when when i started losing the weight i'll tell you i'll cite a very very stupid example but it's a real life example what happened was when i started going to the gym uh not that i've not tried to lose weight before and then you saw me you saw me like i was chubby right i wasn't slim or fit for sure but mm-hmm. uh, imagine me piling on another 8 kgs over what you saw me so i was like that huge at that point of time i was bigger than my mom and i was uh, 26 or something at that point of time 27 maybe so i was mm-hmm. literally in a bad shape so i had attempted diets i had attempted cardios and stuff like that but nothing lasted i would starve myself and lose it and then of course pile it back because there was no logic and uh, there, for how long can you like really grill yourself for the longest time so uh, when i started in the gym this time uh, i w- i met with a uh, women and i give a lot of credit to her because she was she made it a mission for me to uh, really look at me the way world looked at me nobody hmm. would tell you the truth right nobody will show you where you're standing uh, she was a trainer at that gym a regular trainer but i don't know what she saw in me or probably she is such a sweetheart as a person but she would not deal other with others the way she used to deal me for sure i could see the difference but from day one 
she gave me the like the real life checks she made me uh, stand on a biometric machine and gave me like the full fragile report where it told me that my body age was 46 and i was 26 27 and Ooh, that one stings i'm not kidding you i'm not kidding you it's not about the number on the scale it's not about the inches on your body it's not about how are you looking visually my body had aged internally which means to break it down for the people who don't understand what body ages that my organs were working as the as as it would work for somebody who is at the age of 46 so meaning i was more prone to any sort of disease that would come my way my immunity had gone for a toss my metabolism was extremely fucked up and i had no nutritional understanding and my body was in a real bad shape mm-hmm. hence uh, hence what people see uh, is the, the increased waistline the number on the scale uh, and the visual problems uh, my hormones were on a toss i was detected with early pcos so all these are external signs for anybody who wants to lose weight they don't understand what is going on they just want to know what they want to achieve slimmer waist uh, better legs and stuff like that but better how would... exactly i mean so to say <laughs> but uh, the she told me in the very beginning the real root cause problems and that changed mm-hmm. my perspective coming back to your question uh, what made me uh, change my mindset was uh, this one particular instance when once she gave me the reality checks uh, she took me to a crossfit room and they they had this uh, truck tires they used them in the crossfits to clip it on yeah. right all she wanted me to do i'm not kidding imagine a, a fat girl standing by that truck tire which was about 25 kgs uh, and she asked me to hop on it with both my feet together and then hop back it must be with the height of hardly a half a feet right or, mm. or a little over that like less than a feet for sure yeah. definitely less than a feet half a feet i'd say and i stood by it for good 45 minutes and i could not gather the courage of hopping onto it with both my feet together i'm not kidding you that was the biggest reality check for me and she did not give up on me she said i will not charge you for this session i will not attend anybody else all i want today is for you to hop from the floor off the ground onto this tire with both your feet together and back i scratched my legs while doing that to half a feet and i could not gather the courage to and she was like literally on to me you have to do this i will make you do this today and finally i did after 45 minutes of scratching my legs and hurting my ankle and uh, i don't know how many bruises i came came back out black and blue but that moment of me fighting my own fear or doing something as stupid i today can without a thought jump on to good heights with like i do stupid stuff I'm scared of asthma being covid but that's how you learn you hurt learn from your mistake and you move ahead i think that particular realization and that had happened to me mm-hmm. after years and i was actually being uh, exposed to situations that thought was not possible for me would not find a reason of uh, like i had ran out of reasons of not doing it she literally pinned me down there and she said you have to do this and uh, i did and it was horrifying i could not squat also by the way i just had to l- l- literally hop on that and then from there the journey began uh, when i did that i came back i was all black and blue and blue have you done to yourself on the contrary of being angry or sad i was so happy and elated Uh, that i as if i achieved something and mind you in my corporate endeavor with the work that i used to do i have been acknowledged for the work that i've done i literally have been rewarded uh, and acknowledged and awarded for uh, some sort of achievements 
that feeling of achieving something versus this feeling of doing the stupidest of all things had two different meanings. And I had the time to really compare the two for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. Because how do you go back in your thought? That's what you do, right? You come right, back, yeah. you won something, or you, you, you get a feeling of happiness of accomplishment, right? Yeah. And come yeah. back and what do you do? You really let that feeling set in. You want to remember that feeling because you were so happy. And then you go back to when all was I feeling the same way. And for the longest time, I could not really remember that and it was so bizarre for me to feel so happy for something so minute. And it was such an authentic happiness. It's, it's borderline crazy and stupid. But that's how it was. And then when you compare it with what you expected to be happy about, so to say, quote unquote, um, being acknowledged, being awarded, being the best achiever and Having so a shit and so ton of money in your bank. Yeah, and I'm, I, did you not? My checkbooks were always my parents because they, I had literally given it to them, telling them use the money the way you want to because I don't have the time. I had not shopped for myself, uh, got into a mall and spent three hours for myself shopping for the for at least two years straight in a row because I thought that was because I'm already working in the retail and whenever I used to go for work for store visits that's when I used to shop for myself because I mm -hmm. felt otherwise stepping uh, out for myself would be a waste of time and uh, probably I'm cheating on my work so that was the kind of mindset I had anyway uh -huh. so uh, when when for the first time I realized uh, the real understanding of what gives me happiness what and and the biggest uh, addition to the whole realization was that for the first time I did not have someone applause me for this achievement whereas for the rest of the achievements you always have people around you who are witnessing that achievement and, and you're, you're yeah. acknowledged for it but for this stupidest of all achievements there was nobody who was there to witness it of course besides my trainer but obviously I was back home and she didn't understand the magnitude of change she's brought into me with this particular instance and um, Yet I was happy and this happiness was much more pure and long lasting. That, that literally got me uh, into the drive of being excited about working out because mm -hmm. I had won the reality checks of where I stand. So I feel for you or anybody to start understanding uh, or shifting the mindset from where we are towards the progress, first is having the courage to face your realities. We don't do that. And second, acknowledging what really gives us happiness. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just citing this example to make it easier to understand because it sounds very, very, um, I don't know, how, what is the word for it? Uh, all these statements are like straight out of the book, very philosophical. So to say, <laughs> when you tell it to people, they're like, ha, 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 pata hai, ha, usne ka hai, usne ka hai. But for the first time, and I am not exaggerating, when you experience something like this and then you go back to the books and you read certain uh, legends telling you statements extremely simple in their words, you understand what they meant because you've experienced yeah. them now. Uh, we, we, we are fed on statements for the longest of time uh, about patience, about achieving goals, about uh, really uh, dreaming as big as possible and going after them and stuff like that but um, there are, they really, stuff like that but uh, yeah. they really get the real meaning when once you uh, experience something of that sort and then you relate it back to it so the uh, i don't think these uh, statements are there uh, for us to guide but they're really uh, reassurances that what you're doing is correct uh, or you're probably it's like a message you have to kind of just keep feeding back into correct, that correct, correct. Into that trigger because I get what you're saying because I think one of the biggest shifts that's happened uh, at least for me and that's also been one of the reasons why, why, why this podcast came to be is because I think one of the biggest ways and I'm not going to get into the self-love, self-care debate uh, there are just there, like there are multiple ways to look at it everyone's got their own uh, definition and everyone's got their own way of looking at it but i think one of the best 
forms of self-love is without really looking at yourself with with spite, just staring very nakedly at whatever inadequacies you have and going, okay, mm-hmm. this is where I am. This is what I'm not good at. This is where I have sucked, but I can get better. Exactly. I think you just uh, explained the first statement that I said that if we want to really analyze our situations, we have to be absolutely critical in not in terms of negativity, but in terms of acceptance. That's where the change change begins. One of my favorite quotes that I uh, now find myself uh, saying more often than not, not exactly a quote, but a statement is that uh, the biggest enemy of our current times is uh, perception and I strongly believe in it I, I, I so strongly believe in it that I say it so many times that is now it started resonating uh, with mm-hmm. with my my own uh, way of looking at the world uh, we are so opinionated as human beings it's borderline <laughs> shameful uh, and we all are doing that. Still, we do that. I mean, even if we know that, that we're doing it, we do not shy away from creating opinions. And mm. the worst of worse, uh, which actually is uglier than having opinions is the perception. Because there we don't even give the person the uh, room to have an opinion about or, or probably add on to the whole situation because we look at somebody or analyze somebody create an opinion in our own minds perceive things about them and then take them to be true the poor soul in front of us has not contributed a single bit they just existed and we already feel we know them i mean yeah. how shallow are we <laughs> but but that's I how mean, it the is word you're in... looking for is exceptionally exceptionally <laughs> shallow exceptionally and i mean adding that to the whole situation if we can do that to others we are worse to ourselves in the same situation imagine right now we were talking about someone outside of us in front of us and we were perceiving stuff we i have really shocked myself with the negative talk i've been doing for myself of myself about myself for the whole 27 eight years of my life I, I have been shocked. Uh, till date, I'm coping up with it. Uh, in fact, today, uh, I just woke up and I did not want to wake up. And I found myself meditating for good 45 minutes. It was one of the best meditations in the longest time in the months that I've had. But uh, for me to reach this point where I realized that today I want to meditate and I want to get into that silence of being has taken effort it has taken so many things which are socially required for you to establish by a certain age away from me to reach a point where i am at mental peace with my existence it sounds philosophical but uh, for somebody who's even trying to achieve uh, that kind of sanity in this maddening world I probably think they might relate to what I'm trying to say. And since the podcast is about mental health and uh, mentality and how people perceive uh, things, I think uh, that's how I look at it. It's it's a constant effort, but uh, uh, everything requires for some sort of uh, some sort of sacrifice. Don't expect it to be a, a road full of roses. It's not. I like how you put it. I love. I in fact love how you put it. Funny part is so. It's not really philosophical uh, in a way. I think uh, it is important when you say, when you hear the words be yourself or just be. Um, yes, cliched, but God damn it, it works. The reason why it's a cliche is because it's true. The funny part is, uh, the funny part for me now, like right now, while talking to you, the epiphany that strikes is it takes as effortless as it is to be yourself, it is actually a lot of effort to reach that stage of effortlessness. I just said a very complicated, convoluted sentence. No, no. I'll break it down for you. I mean, what you're trying to say, I'll give cite an example of my personal self. Mm -hmm. And this is all my personal realizations. I uh, honestly, I mean, 
even now if you look at me i'm not wearing any makeup i do not care if my clothes are prim and proper i'm i'm just being my authentic self this is me and uh, i create so much of content you've seen you've seen my instagram feed yeah you will hardly find me caring about if my shoes are matching my clothes i'm mean, not that i'm badly dressed but mm-hmm. uh, i don't put in a lot of effort in being uh, visually pleasing is what i'm trying to say there's a difference in yeah. between uh, being well dressed and in between uh, being well dressed and like efforts in being presentable I am right. like I have a sense of fashion I know how to wear clothes and I know all of that but uh just giving that particular factor so much importance of my portrayal that not worry about how I am once I open my mouth is the problem which 90% of the people around in the society now has especially the grown ups our perceptions okay. are ruled <laughs> by how we are judged and when you said mm. that uh, be yourself or just be that's one of the biggest problems why the fashion industry is on a roll why it's never going to go out of fashion why people want to lose weight why they want to change their whole personas personalities why they want to learn different languages their reasons are not personal their reasons are ruled by external opinions yeah. and their labels and expectations of them today if i want to do something i i can like heck deck up like and be a, like a complete diva in, in my own space but that's because i want to do it not because i want to be perceived as a diva at a certain point or at least i have the control over when i want to be perceived as a diva and not that is my strength now mm-hmm. i know that i can be different personalities according to people's perception because i know my own reality i know when i want to be perceived as a diva i know when i want to be perceived as a trainer and vice versa or just a normal girl who's yeah. a girl next door so i took the strength out of other people's hands and took it upon myself to decide what i want to be when i want to be and that is the biggest effort when you say be you mm-hmm. because i'm aware what i am and i know how i can use it to be what i want to be when i want to be in whatever situation i want to be so uh, and i don't think a lot of people know that i don't think a lot of people have worked enough on themselves to have that control they only know a few things of their personality how they perceived they analyze people's opinion they accept their opinions of themselves and they make it their identity there's a huge difference huge that's, difference that's true and that's where the game begins and that's how uh, i still call myself and i'm always going to take pride in calling myself a student um, mm-hmm. you were there on my podcast yesterday i was elated as a kid if you would have noticed because it it opened an avenue and i've genuinely been the happiest and i think one of the reasons why my meditation today was way more centered was because uh, when you talk to people who are inspirational they leave some mm-hmm. seeds of thoughts into your mind which you might not have uh, pondered upon if not have words with them mm-hmm. so when when i had this discussion yesterday with gautam uh, he said a few things which i have been pondering upon myself in the dark like i was shooting in the dark i thought i knew about it but i didn't know what to do with it or if i was thinking the right way but when you have a discussion with somebody who's been on that journey you feel reassured that you're doing the right thing and then you feel a little more confident in going ahead with whatever you want to achieve or improve in yourself in the direction that you've taken for yourself so okay. I, i really feel it's a it's a never ending process and uh, i take pride in calling myself a student and uh, i want to learn more i want to improve more and if that accounts to leaving a few people situations some privileges uh, behind uh, it comes with a cost as i said absolutely Yeah. So I'm going to move to my second last question because you've brought me to a very interesting point. Um I personally believe that the journey is very while the while the experiences of the journey are unique the steps for the journey are fairly straightforward and common to everyone. I think I think they can be put into a code of sorts but the obviously the application and the experience is going to be different. So how exactly would you recommend uh to, to the person listening one step two step three step five step whatever how do they begin this journey of change of at least owning their own power okay so first two i've okay. already given 
Yeah, the first two I've already mentioned earlier, but I'll repeat them. Like the first one is facing your reality, most mm. important. And when we are doing that, it it sounds easy, but mm. it is the most difficult step, and it is the first step. Uh, have mm. you? Uh, I'll just quickly add a little description to this statement to help it uh, help uh, explain myself better. When we're sitting across our sibling, uh, and we say you should not do this. The first thing will never be acceptance. The first thing yeah. will always be tuni karti, tuni karta. That is the first statement that you get. Right. Counter attack. Now replace that sibling with your own self and your mind. The moment you face uh, or probably point out a flaw in yourself, your mind bounces back and tells you, "Dude, this other people also do. If they're doing it, you're doing it. It's okay." It's I mean. Same thing. and you start giving yourself reasons to counter your own uh, analysis of your problem i gained mm-hmm. weight over the time yeah? i have eaten whole three pizzas over two days to kya ho gaya itni mehnat bhi to kiya kama kis le rahe hain that's the common counter right. that we give ourselves yeah now what you're doing drifting away from the first step is you acknowledged it but you did not accept it so the first one is facing your own problems and fears and acknowledging the problem that no matter what your target uh, was to acknowledge that you've gained weight or whatever i mean the situation can be anything but let's just say weight loss it's easier to comprehend you you have acknowledged that you've gained some weight around uh, like over some period of time and you're adding to the problem by eating two pizzas in two days now instead of denying or covering up the flaw the problem with another reasoning what you got to do is really accept that dude i've gained 10 kgs and i'm not eating healthy that's step number 1 stop there the communication ends acceptance that yes i am in a problem and i'm adding to the problem with not uh, acknowledging it that's step 1 mm-hmm. step 2 okay i understand that uh, i'm in a problem and i got to work for it uh is two you have to be willing to change because mm. change is not easy one is acknowledgement second is the drive to really start looking for ways to change that particular problem or snap yourself out of it a lot of people live their life accepting it that they've gained weight but then but not they really start changing there's no action they start taking pride in the fact yeah are my personality is huge and like that i've literally seen people talking that thing um oh i am i'm going to buy a bigger suv because it suits my personality because they're overweight they're huge their size i'm citing real life examples mm-hmm. instead of uh, addressing the fact i mean buy an suv good but that should not be a reason for uh, buying an suv that you're huge as a person physically excuse me i mean that's just bizarre but that's life yeah. and that happens mm-hmm. so uh, yeah acknowledge accept that the change is required and third is uh, i always suggest reach out to a knowledgeable person to understand when you're ready for change when you've accepted that you have a problem and you're ready for a change always reach out to a person an expert or somebody who can actually tell you not that you will not be able to start making changes but it's always better to get a guidance on how to begin because you feel more empowered and you don't feel mm-hmm. alone and you're not uh in the dark and you do not end up wasting a lot of that fired up energy and and uh, and that power of willingness to change in the dark and then lose that hope of because mm-hmm. that already these first two te- uh, steps take a lot of your efforts already and you don't want to lose that fire that you've really drawn yourself to and that space of beginning the change so i would always advise reach out to an expert or somebody who who knows what situation you're in and how to deal with it mm-hmm. can be mental health can be physical can be any situation that you want to change your life in uh so yeah reach out to an expert and then set clear goals very important <laughs> very important right the goals have to make sense mm-hmm. uh after that patience and persistence i think uh, that's it uh, last one uh, patience and persistence because uh, it's not a linear path no change is a linear path i still have days of sulking real bad when i shit talk to myself and tell myself that i've literally wasted my youth in like 
just confusing myself furthermore and not having a path for myself because I know I'm not on, on a set path, path which I can explain to anybody, to be honest, right. to myself or to mm. anybody. So I do should talk to myself. But uh, so, so it happens. I mean, and this is me who's doing it after three years of analyzing myself. In, for somebody who really wants to begin now, it's going to be even worse to talk. The demon's going to talk really your head off and uh, discourage you to the core. So having a coach guiding you, uh, having set goals because it clarifies, like gives you proper numbers and uh, targets mm-hmm. that, that makes it easier for you to focus and then persistence towards the goal by breaking down them, uh, breaking them down in smaller goals and each like persistently working towards it. It's not going to be linear, but you still got to go patiently and persistently. And the last one, living it up one day at a time. I feel process is everything. Mm. I, I, I say uh, a usual hashtag that I always use is this girl's, this girl won't stop. And uh, one day at a time, these two quotes, I absolutely live by. And I mean, process not goal, process not goal, process not goal. <laughs> yeah, I won't stop. Yeah. I don't know where for what, but I'm not going to stop and say that this, this is my definition. This is not your thought. This is me. No, I mean, I, if you know me from uh, eight years, you would see me changed. And that's the beauty of a human being. Why do you want to be bottled up in a definition of, I mean, that's okay. Certain people from certain walks of life know you from what you were at that that point of time. And now you can just go back to those people and tell them, hey, I'm a new person. How do you think of myself now? I mean, why not? (laughs) The people keep changing. You keep changing. The world keeps changing. So, yeah. And yeah, of course, as I said, the last one is enjoy the process, live one day at a time, have one achievement to define your day. And that mm. changes the whole vibe. You just for one thing, uh, I've come back home uh, doing stupidest of all things. When I was doing the second year of 100 days of challenge, I had done 100 days. This is the third year that I'm doing it. So the second year, uh, one of the days was on my birthday and we uh-huh. had this whole party and stuff and I did not find time. I kept procrastinating. I ended up running around a couch for two and a half kilometers in the house. Round and round. For not kidding. I've done that. And Excellent. my happiness after doing that that mm. crazy nonsense was at its peak beyond my uh, celebrations of my birthday. That is the empowerment. <laughs> that is the power of proving things to yourself. You don't mm. have to uh, want an audience. You don't want celebrations. You just want right. to feel that high of uh, certain achievements which you thought you couldn't do. I mean, because this is right. the easiest thing to excuse. It was my birthday and I was celebrating. There were so many people in the house and we were partying and I, was, I might, might have uh, had a wine or two and I had all the reasons to not run, but I still did. And I did not even step out of the house. I did it around <laughs> the couch. So yeah, I mean, uh, that's it. I think that is the whole chart, according to me, to, for somebody to begin a change. It's the little thing. <laughs> All right, my last question, where can these people find you? Or where can these people reach out to you? <laughs> I am available on Instagram uh, with the handle of Classic Curve Fitness. Classic Curve is a single word. There's a single C in the mm-hmm. center. That's the common mistake that people make. Classic Curve is actually an answer to my own personality. I was, for the longest time, uh, pointed out for my body shape, for being huge, for whatever. And um, I literally answered it to myself when I sat down and deciding the name. It was, everyone is unique. Everyone is a pure self in themselves. And uh, it's a very uh, turmoil situation to be in your own identity. And uh, you're you're not expected to be a straight line. You you do not expect only a linear path for anybody. That's the reality. So if you Mm -hmm. can just club your uh, uniqueness with acceptance of having the uh, curves of life uh, it becomes like a classic curve and people take it to be a very very uh, 
physically acknowledging uh, word i like a classic curve oh aap classic curve acha acha matlab curves hain aapki body mein types but it's beyond that <laughs> for me it's not yeah. only a physical attribute of being a classic curve it's it's more mental or more uh, i think uh, in depth for me mm-hmm. in terms of the name when i decided for it it was acknowledging the uniqueness of every individual it was acknowledging the fact of having uh, uh, losses having uh, uh, defeats of having the courage of bouncing back up and uh, reaching the top so that's how i look at it so coming back to the question you can find me on uh, instagram classic of fitness uh, i have my website classicof.com or you can find me on facebook navjot kaur we also have a page classic of uh, started a youtube channel so i am there on social media not so difficult to find <laughs> excellent i am going to leave those in the show notes thank you thank you so much adhar dude i have loved this conversation <laughs> it's like catching up <laughs> i know right i yeah. know right i'm glad thank i think you so much most welcome thank you so much for uh, getting back in touch i really enjoyed this conversation full hearts Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. So I'm going to stop the recording and yeah. I'll catch you right after this. Works. Thank you. Bye. Bless you. Thank you. Right, uh, you too.